Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just give us uh, the grace of getting to know you a little bit more. And so thank you for the opportunity to gather and the opportunity to just have fun and, and kind of grow in a relationship. But uh, I do pray that we'd just get a glimpse of you um, and, and kind of learn about something specific that happened in Scripture that I believe is going to help us out tonight. It's in your name we're praying. Amen. 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 All right. So here's what I'll do. If we can, uh, let's, let's slide into our focus time. So if y'all need another chair, there's literally chairs right there that you can grab, uh, but just kind of chill with me. This, these tables over here, we're going to like focus, right? We're going to zone in and we're not going to be distracting. Okay. So uh, we've been doing this series called I Wonder. And the I Wonder series has been a time for us to kind of explore some of the big questions that we have, because uh, we all have big questions. And uh, I've been talking with uh, several different groups of people uh, about kind of the questions they have. I've been talking to some adults about the questions they have. I've been talking with teenagers. I was at Logos Prep with the high schoolers this last Monday. Uh, and uh, I was asking some about some of the questions they have. And um, dude, we all have them. We all have them. And so uh, adults have them. I don't want you to think, I, I think I grew up at, when I was your age as a student I kind of figured the adults had it all figured out. And dude, we do not. Um, in fact, there's a common thread among adults that what we would say is the more that we learn, the more, track with me here, the more that we learn, the more we realize we don't know. Now, does that make sense to you or does that totally like boggle your mind? It's, it's essentially to say, we learn that there's some things that happen. Yo, in the back, Brandon, thank you. Uh, we learned that there's some things in life that we didn't realize we were unaware of. And so like, there's this like, growing sense of, man, I just don't know what's going on. And so we've given you the opportunity to write some questions down. Some of you have brought questions in, uh, which has been great. Um, here's what I want to tell you. Uh, just because we're concluding this series tonight doesn't mean that you should stop asking questions ever. Like, don't stop asking questions. Um, but, you know, we're not going to have necessarily like scratch pieces of paper out for you, but you can text me, you can email me, you can talk to me in person. Um, you know, and so like when Fuse is over, if you're like, hey, I have a question, I'd love to talk with you. Some of your questions have real um, short answers. Um, some of your uh, questions, we like, hey, let's go to like get a burger and talk, right? Because this is going to take 30 to 60 minutes to like really, really kind of go over this stuff. As we get older, our questions get a little more serious. And so here's what I want to do. I brought some questions. Uh, I brought eight in particular that you guys wrote last week. Four are just kind of for fun and four are more serious. So let's start. Uh, they're going to be on the screen. Uh, P.S. Uh, so my favorite color is blue. Um, like navy blue is, is what I really like um, as a color. Ex uh, that's, I'm so glad to know that. So glad to know that. I just, like, as a guy, I like navy blue. Uh, but what's funny about that is I'm a Buckeye fan, and we don't like navy blue. And so there's this kind of, like, when it comes to, like, the game come Thanksgiving weekend, yeah, sit down. Um, so, um, you know, it's, but as a, as a dude, I'm like, yeah, navy blue, navy blue. Um, by the way, a lot of you, I just, I don't want to disappoint you. A lot of you wrote down, please put this on the screens next week. And I could not possibly answer all the questions that you wrote. Please put this on the screen. So if you don't see your question on the screen tonight, it's not that I don't love you. I mean, they, these were anonymous questions anyway. Uh, and so, uh, but here's what I will do. I will, I will do this. We're going to answer these questions throughout the year. 
So I might even pull, pull a question out for a different series and be like, hey, remember the I Wonder series? We're going we're gonna to talk about these all year long. And so, you know, if you don't see it on the screen, it's not like we're done answering these questions. Okay, next question. Uh, do you like steak? Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. <clears throat> yes, I like steak. You don't get to look like this without enjoying some steak in your life. Now, here's the real question. How do you like your steak cooked? So, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I, don't think, I don't think you guys hear me saying hold on, right? So, um, there's, there's like rare all the way to well. Now, when I was like little, I was just like, I don't know, however I'm supposed to eat it, you know? And I think for a long time, I was given like well-done steak. And I was like, this tastes like a, a saddle. I don't know why you're giving me this. And then I had a medium rare ribeye one day, and I was like... <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, so good. So yeah. Anyone anyone just want to be honest and be like, I don't care all that much for steak. Anyone? Okay. Interesting. What? Why are you yelling? This is not no. Coop. Coop, we're gonna bring it down a little bit. Okay? Alright. Inside voice. Alright. Yes, I like steak. Next question. Do you like sushi? With raw fish. Uh I like sushi. Um, I generally, I gen if it's H-E-B is not the standard for sushi. H-E-B sushi is the best. Yes. Okay. For, shh. Sometimes, so sometimes people listen to these record. We record this, we put it on a podcast, and sometimes people are like, hey, I can't quite hear what the students are saying. So I just want to make sure that everyone hears very clearly. Someone said, H-E-B sushi is the best. Madeline White. Okay, so, so by, by no means is H-E-B sushi the best. Um, but, but it's cheaper than like restaurants, and so your parents are doing a good thing. By not giving you $20 sushi, they're giving you, like, that's like coupon sushi is what it is. That's coupon sushi. I looked at it the other day, and they were like, it's $2 off. I mean, it's uh, two days old. Like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I like sushi. Um, I generally like the sushi that has uh, fried shrimp in it, to be honest with you. Um, gives me a little handle there. And then it's got the, like, the spicy sauce on it with the little, the little crunchies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my sushi. Okay, so let's move on. Thick and fluffy or home style? Okay, I'll have to answer your question later because we got we to gotta keep going. Is it a quick one? Uh, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. I don't eat imitation crab out of jars and stuff like that. Thick and fluffy or home style? Um, so I've got several answers to this. It super matters to me. Um, now, here's, I'll, I'll give you a pancake answer, and I'll give you a waffle answer, okay? Now, I think, I think, I think that it's possible that this person is like, like you, when you go to the store and you buy Eggo, there's two different like versions. There's thick and fluffy, and there's home style. Okay, first of all, Eggo's good. It's good. Uh, I like a. I like a. My wife makes amazing Belgian waffles. Maybe, maybe we should have a waffle night where my wife makes you waffles. Um, she makes really great waffles. However, however, I love Waffle House so much, and Waffle Houses are like thin and kind of crispy, and those are man Waffle House waffles, especially at, like two in the morning. So good. They're so good. 
Two in the morning, that's when you're supposed to eat Waffle House. If you eat Waffle House at like noon, you're a psycho. Okay, so anyway, thick and fluffy, I'm good. Homestyle, I'm good. I like it both. I like it both. All right, next question. I think we're gonna take a step into the series here. Okay, what age do you think is good for dating? Okay, hold on. We're going to need to dial it down a little bit because I, I love you. Listen, sixth graders, let me help you understand something. This is not the time for you just to like blurt out your answer to literally every question. This is just how society works. You don't have to blurt out your answer for the whole world to hear. Uh, the world will correct you. I'm trying to gently correct you. I'm asking you to put your hands down right now. Um, but so a couple things. One, dating. Um, first of all, some of you think you're dating and you're not dating because dating is <laughs> when um, like a young man goes and he drives a young lady to like a place, right? A restaurant or a movie or something. Um, if your parents dropped you off at the movie theater, you're not dating yet. Um, if you are holding hands in the middle school hallway, you're not dating yet. Um, you're going together or you're, I don't know what the words are these days. Uh, if you are going to homecoming, uh, guys, and your, your mom had to put your homecoming proposal together for you, you're not dating. Um, if you, I've got rules on rules on rules. Um, here's, I'll, I'll get real serious for a second. Dating, um, let me give you my short answer. Dating is really technically preparing you for marriage. And some of you are preparing for marriage too early when you date too early. Now, I'm going to go, some of you are like, oh, oh. It's just another old man telling us not to, uh, we don't want to have fun. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Um, here's, what I, here's what I think is funny about the whole thing. Y'all want it, but it will hurt you in the process, and then you'll wish you didn't. And so I'm just trying to tell you on the front end, there's avoidable pain. There's avoidable pain, okay? Um, that I, 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 I don't, so here's let me just say this, because I'm kind of struggling to get past it. We are going to talk about this in particular in depth later on in the year, okay? So um, now some of you are like, did, did, your, did my parents put you up to this question? Did Y'all ask this question, so I'm happy to answer it. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, if y'all have more questions related to this, uh, why don't we just do this? When it comes time to talk about it, and I will let you know, uh, that y'all can ask all the questions you want. But I'll tell you, I think most people start dating too early. Um, one question uh, that is kind of the same as this one, uh, there was a lot of questions about my parents won't let me have a phone. There was a lot of parents uh, saying, my parents won't let me have social media. Is social media good? Is social? Um, let me just tell you this. This is such a serious issue. I'm dead serious, not joking. This isn't thick and fluffy. This is like real life here. Um, the Surgeon General put out a study that says when you give your kids social media before they're 14, I'm uh, sorry, uh, yeah, before they're 14, like it is incredibly dangerous, incredibly dangerous. Um, so if you, if you want to know why, I'll tell you why I think. Um, if you want to know why the Surgeon General uh, thinks, then the Internet's a thing and you can go Google it. Um, do you want it? Do, you, do we have, we have time. Can I tell you why I think it's dangerous? Okay, just a, <laughs> that was our version of respectful. 
Here's a problem. We're going to get super serious for like 60 seconds. Your generation is struggling with comparison, with depression, with anxiety, higher than any other generation that came before you. I think it's because my generation handed y'all a device and said, please be quiet in the restaurant. Handed y'all a device and said, please uh, leave me alone while I'm watching TV. Handed y'all a device. And so y'all were like doing this. I remember one day, uh, this was when my kids were young. My kids walked up to, a, it was like walked up to a book and they were like trying to like zoom in. And I was like, oh my gosh, my kids are broken. My kids are broken. So, so all seriousness, all seriousness, um, there is way more. You're going to have to trust me on this one. This is, okay, so here's what I've learned, right? There's things that y'all are going to have to like bump your head and learn on your own. I wish you didn't, but you probably will. Um, and so if you're willing to be someone who's like able to learn from our mistakes, there's way more that's dangerous about social media. And I'm not saying, oh, there's predators out there. There are. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying when you get, there's adults that are dealing with comparison issues and it's crippling them. Okay. I'm telling you, uh, by the way, I'm talking real life to you. I'm talking 2023. I'm talking people. I know social media is hurting people because of comparison and anxiety it crumbles us into a sense of like, I don't have what they have. I don't look like they look like. I don't get to do the things that they get. I don't get to live where they live. I don't get to go on the vacation. I didn't get the grades. I didn't get to college. I didn't get to, and it makes us feel worse and worse and worse and worse. And, and it's this, it's not social media's fault. It's just the nature of the thing. Like I get on and I don't, I don't post my bad day, right? I post my like highlights. And so my highlights make other people feel like sometimes you're like, hey, that vacation looked really cool. And sometimes people are like, I wish I could have gone. Sometimes I, you know, go to a, like a, a party, right? And you go to a party and there's all this, let's take a selfie, which I never want to do. But sometimes I'm caught in the middle. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm doing this. And someone says, I wish I were invited. Have you ever been in a place where you're like, I wish I were invited? That's social media. Social media does that to you. Um, there's, that's just that's just one aspect. So the Surgeon General says it's, is it's dangerous, uh, that it's like a public health crisis. We're talking on social media. And so I just think some of y'all, uh, if I can say it this way, some of y'all expressed discontent in your parents' rules. Again, your parents didn't send me to say that. Not a single parent said, will you please say this? Um, some of you expressed discontent in your parents' rules about dating, about phones, about social media, about just kind of general rules. And let me tell you, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the message, but your parents giving you boundaries, guidelines, rules is like good for you. And there's no way for you to know it. There's no way for you just to believe it. But I'm telling you, they're doing it for your good. You should be thankful that you don't have parents. If you have parents, okay, I know there's a range of parents. Some of you are like, you don't know what it's like to live in my house. I don't know what it's like to live in your house. I'm happy to learn more. And if some of you are in like, like a, if you're in a, again, dead serious right now. If you're in a home where like, no, there's some pretty ugly stuff going on. There's abuse going on. There's, listen, we have resources to help you with that. But some of you are like looking at your parents that said, I'm gonna give you a curfew. I want you to be home by 11 o'clock. And you're like, oh, my parents hate me. Like, 
dial it down. Dial it down because your parents love you and are giving you uh, a really good setup. Because to be honest, teenagers, not a single teenager knows how to set boundaries up for themselves. And so there's some training happening. There's some boundaries happening to set you up for success. So that, going back to the dating thing, you don't have to go through unnecessary pain. Unnecessary pain. You know what I mean? Like unnecessary, let that sink in. Like you can go through life with a fairly good, if you'll just clue in to some of the boundaries that they're given. Okay, I I took way too long on that one. Let's keep going. Uh, If Adam, I think of the next one, if Adam, this is is like gonna break your brain. If Adam and Eve never sinned, would the Bible timeline uh, all the way to us still happen? In other words, like, would there have been need for a Jesus dying on a cross and all that? And I guess my, my quick answer is, if they sinned, we need Jesus. If they didn't, I guess we're just in Eden. Does that sum it up, right? That's like the easy way to say it. Uh, sometimes these things go like multiple different ways, but you're like, what if they never sinned? Which is funny because the, the question, obviously someone would have sinned along the way, but still. Well, yeah, then at that point, like when the sin happened, the sin is what fractured their relationship with God and they got cast out of the Garden of Eden, right? And then that just kind of triggered the rest of history. So, uh, yeah, if Adam and Eve never sinned, then I guess we'd have a perfect humanity uh, and, and, and all that. So there you go. That's my quick answer to that one. Uh, keep rolling. Did I put that twice? Okay, let's keep going. Wow. Wow, an adult too. The timing on that one. Givens. Oh, this is such a good one. Why are people bothered by other people's peaceful decisions? Meaning, meaning. So if I walk up to somebody and punch a stranger right in the middle of the street, then that's not peaceful. But this could be a series in itself. Um, Why are people bothered by others? So like, what are people, I'm not asking you, by the way, I don't don't need your feedback right now. Um, It's just, you know, I just, I'm just saying, just trying to Head you off at the pass. I know. See, again, you still, you still chimed in. That's great. Love it. Uh, it's good. Just, man, by the end of this year, I'm going to have you like in line. It's going to be so great. Um, why are people bothered by other people's peaceful decisions? People are bothered um, by beliefs. People are bothered by uh, ways of life. Um, people are bothered by, um, here's, what I, here's what I think this really comes down to. Why would, like, say, hyper-specific, why would Christians be bothered by someone's uh, sexuality, for example? Why would Christians be bothered by that? Why would Christians be bothered that someone rejects God? It's a seeming, like, what if you have a neighbor, and they're like, I want nothing to do with Jesus. I know I'm going to hell when I die. Like, why would they be, why would a Christian be bothered? Why would that bother them? Well, here's what we know. Uh, we know that it's possible for us to influence our neighbor in a direction that allows them to go to heaven when they die, allows them to have peace in Jesus right now. You know, but also there's some ways that we believe, like if this is, if this is what we believe, um, let's chill out guys. Um, if this is what we believe, then this matters for how we live our life. And so it shows up in voting. It just does. It shows up in like our candidates. It shows up in what kind of world we want to live in. Let's just, let's do this one. Let's do all the hot button issues, okay? Uh, Christians have a really strong stance. I say Christians. 
um, yeah, most, most people have a really strong stance on abortion, for example. Abortion is one of those big things that shows up in election cycles. Um, you're about, by the way, you're about, we're gonna, I'm going to try to prepare you for this. We're about to go through another election cycle. The last two election cycles, and I'm talking presidential candidate uh, cycles, have been very tumultuous, very ugly. The adults in our country have completely figured out, I'm sorry, we've completely lost our minds uh, and we've forgotten how to address each other in like a, a civil way. Um, because we care deeply about these issues, but we've made it all about the issues and we don't care how we talk to people. And so um, that's, that's why. We're gonna talk about that this year. We will talk about more about that this year. But that's why people are bothered. Some people are like, just leave, let me live my life. I'll let you live your life. That's some people. But I'll tell you, there's a reason that Christians live the way we do. We're not trying to be ugly. We're not trying to be uh, rude. What we are trying to be is on mission with what God says. And God says, man, I've, I've given my life. Jesus says, I've given them my life so they can have life and life abundantly. It's going to have salvation, right? So I think all that uh, points us in that direction. Uh, these questions are taking a lot longer than I thought. So let me, let me hustle. Um, good age to get baptized. A good age to get baptized. There is not a good age to get baptized. There is a good time to get baptized. The time to get baptized is after you put your faith in Jesus. Okay. Um, here's what we would say. Um, and I hope I don't hurt your feelings, okay? But here's what we believe about baptism. Baptism is something where you share uh, with the church that you've put your faith in Jesus. The baptism water doesn't save you. Uh, it doesn't wash you clean. I think that's a common misunderstanding. They think it's literally gonna wash them. It, it's not gonna wash you, right? There's nothing special about the water. You getting baptized is like proclaiming that you're a Christ follower. So a good time to get baptized is after you do that. And when you go under the water, you identify with Jesus' death. When you come out of the water, you identify with Jesus' resurrection. So when we do day of baptism, you're going to see people who have said, I have put my faith in Jesus, and that's what makes me a Christian. Because of that, I'm getting baptized, which is just my public profession of faith in Jesus. I'm, I'm identifying with Christ in his death and resurrection. Are repent and baptize the same thing? No, right? Repenting is a change of mind. Baptism is like an act. It's like an event. It happens, um, and then it's over. Repenting is a, is a mind change that ought to change our, our belief. So when, when you see a verse that says, repent and be baptized, repenting is like, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my direction. When we're putting our faith in Jesus, that's kind of an event. It's a moment, right? It's a, it's a moment where you say, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to put my faith in him alone for salvation. That's what salvation is. It's a moment. It's a, and it's a, that salvation is a gift you receive. You don't pay for it. You don't have to work for it. It's something that you just freely receive. Uh, now, the repenting is something that you honestly should be doing every day. The repenting is something you don't get saved every day. You get saved, and then you're saved forever. But then you repent every day. So um, there was a lot of questions about, well, I'm not going to be perfect if I get baptized. No. No one thinks you're going to be perfect. Some people struggle with baptism because, like, I'm afraid to mess up after I get baptized. Like, people are going to know. Like, and dude, we all know, right? Y'all know that I'm not perfect. I know that you're not perfect. No one's perfect. Becoming a Christian doesn't make you perfect. It makes you 
saved. It makes you a part of the family of God. It makes you a son or daughter of God. It means the Holy Spirit's walking with you. It means you're going to go to heaven when you die. You put your faith in Jesus. You've got a king on the throne that's not of this world, but the king, Jesus, right? You, that, all, all that is true. Um, but then every day you, you walk it out and it requires repentance. And that repentance is like this change of mind that happens over and over and over again. Okay. So um, there's so many more questions. Here's what I want to do with these questions and with Fuse is I want to answer your questions from time to time through the different teachings. Sometimes, like I said, I'm going to literally pull out one of the questions and say, remember when? And I'm going to say, we're going to address this tonight. I would love to be able to do that. If you have more questions, keep asking them. I love it. I'm so proud of you guys for really engaging in this project. Okay, let me do, I've got like five minutes, so I, I want to do something special. Um, when I thought about this series, I thought about all the ways that people struggle with the questions. I thought about the ways the questions make us uh, doubt our faith. Um, here's what happens. Here's, here's what I know right now. Our student ministry is growing our student ministries full of students who are making decisions to follow Jesus, are making decisions to repent. Like our student ministry is in a real special place. I'm so excited about it. You need to know that our church is looking at you and they're very proud of you. I'm serious. Like people are watching y'all and they're like, wow, our student ministry is like really, these students are really taking steps in their relationship with Jesus. Now here's what I know. Life has a way of knocking you off course. Satan has a way of tempting you and distracting you, right? Accusing you. Uh, and then we get off focus. Ask any adult in the room and we'll tell you there are seasons where we're more focused on Jesus. There are seasons where we're less focused on Jesus, right? When we go to camp or like a mission trip, for example, man, we're like 100%, 10 out of 10. We're devoted. We're all in. Like we're focused. We're on a mission trip. I'm here to serve. And then when you go to school, how many of you went to school on like Tuesday this week and you're like, I'm on a mission trip. I'm going to lead people to Jesus. No, you didn't. Why? Because we, I love you. We all lose focus a little bit. We drift a little bit. When you're on a mission trip, you wake up and you're like, what's God going to do today? When you're home and it's just like a Tuesday, you're like, I mean, I got to get my homework done. I got to go to this. I got practice. I got to make sure that I am home on time. I got to return that, you know, all that kind of stuff. We get distracted by all these good things in life, school, grades, friends, family. It's okay. But when you drift you start to question things. You are like hyper-focused right now on these questions because we're talking about them. And some of you are like getting baptized on Sunday because you're really taking significant steps in your relationship with Jesus for the first time. That's amazing. And maybe you're feeling on fire for God right now. That's amazing. But it's not always that way. So here's, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you something. There's a story in the book of Joshua. I did not plan to teach on this at the beginning of the series. But there's this moment in the book of Joshua where um, it's early on. Uh, Moses has just died. They've appointed Joshua as the, the new leader. They actually call him like a new Moses, right? He's going to help them go into the promised land. And so they do some spying on the land to make sure they can go in. They go in. Um, and there's this moment where they got to cross the Jordan River. And the Jordan River um, is, is like, high tide, like you can't just cross it. And they've got the Ark of the Covenant with them, which is a very, very like holy thing for them because it's carrying the Ten Commandments 
And it's kind of like this place where like God's presence like lives. This is like a holy, you can't touch it. They've got uh, like logs and, and uh, bars that like, that's how you hold it. If you touch it, you die automatically. Like this is very serious. We can't just walk across this river. And so Joshua has this moment where he says, the Lord's actually gonna stop the river right where we go. So Joshua chapter four, verses I think six and seven, just a couple verses on the screen for us. Um, uh, he's gonna say, when your children ask in time to come, what do the stones mean to you? It's like, where's the stones come from? Well, what they're gonna do is they're gonna walk through on dry ground. They're gonna put the stones down right? Because the, the waters, this is like as close to you get as Moses uh, parting the Red Sea so they could escape the Egyptians. You remember that? They're escaping slavery. It's about as close. Now, this is a river. It's a little different. It's a different body of water, um, but they're walking through the Jordan. They're going to put stones down. Twelve stones are called memorial stones. It says, when you look at these stones, right, when your children ask you where these stones come from, then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord. When it passed, by the way, this is verse seven. This is my typo, by the way. Um, when it passed over the Jordan, um, when the Ark of the Covenant passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. This is something to remember what God did. So how many of you have forgotten? I'm not asking you to answer or, or verbally respond. You might have forgotten what God did in your life. You're kind of like, I don't even know that God exists anymore. I don't even know if I'm a Christian anymore. And I've had those times too. I've had those times too. So I wanted to show you this. I literally have 60 seconds. I brought this. This is a basket that I brought from home. And these are just, I, I, don't, I can't show you all of these, but I have uh, like all kinds. These are like journal or like sermon notes or like from when I was your age. Now, granted, when, actually, when I was your age, like middle school, I was not doing this. When I was high school, I got saved as a sophomore. I started taking notes. And so like, for example, I'm just gonna open one of these up. This is in college. Uh, this is uh, April 9th, 2003. Uh, most of you were not alive. Um, so there's church notes. There's uh, Bible study. Some of these date back like, like before the millennia, <laughs> the millennia, actually, now that I say it that way. Um, and I, I will never part with these. I will never part with these because sometimes what I did was I wrote like something that God was doing in a very special way in these notes. And I'll, I'll never part with these. I know my wife, Christy, um, as she, maybe she would show you sometime if she has her Bible, um, that she writes down notes about when she's reading something and it makes a big impact. She writes a note, like she'll write the date. She might write what's going on and how it's applying to her life right now. Um, and she'll constantly be reading those and she'll like show me, look what was going on when I read this. That's crazy. I, I brought this. This is my, um, if I can get it. Um, this is my Bible from when I was, when I was your age. Um, my parents gave me this on my birthday, 1995. So I was 12 years old. Uh, so how many, who's 12 in here? Whew. Right? Imagine, imagine me, your age, right? This is when my parents gave me kind of a, a Bible. Here's what they wrote. This is my mom's handwriting here. Mark, your dad and I are so proud of you and especially the decision that you made last Sunday. We're giving you this Bible for you to use as a guide through life. Let God always be your focus. In times of discouragement, sorrow, 
even happy times, you can always look in the Bible and find what comfort you need. We love you. So this is a moment. So this, did I always, did sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to curve you. I don't want to, oh, you know, whatever. And so I'm looking at the Bible where they're like, hey, when your children ask, when your children ask, you're going to tell them that God did something amazing in this moment, right? And now I'm a dad and I'm teaching my kids. I'm teaching you guys, our youth ministry, about the things that God can do, right? I've got, I've got man, like we could look at this for hours and hours and hours and see different things that the Lord has done. Um, and so here's, here's what I'm suggesting. Um, co- collect, and this is like journaling. This is note-taking. This is like taking notes. This is whatever it is that you do and collect that and let that be a memorial stone in your life. Maybe some of you have something like from camp this last summer and you're like, oh, I was kind of cleaning up my room and I didn't know if I should throw it away or not. Let me challenge you, keep it, keep it. I know some of you are just like, I mean, that's kind of like, maybe I marry someone, they're going to call me a pack rat. Keep it, keep those special things that remind you what the Lord did in your life because the questions are coming, right? There's more coming. Someone's going to ask you a question and be like, oh man, that really trips me up. I don't know. But here's what I want to tell you. You have those moments where you hinge your entire life. What what we said last week was the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of our faith. That's it. His death and resurrection. If there's no resurrection, this is is all fake. The Bible author said it. If the resurrection didn't happen, this is a waste of time. If the resurrection didn't happen, I'm not here anymore. I'm out. If Jesus was still in the, like if he's dead, like, then he's not God. He doesn't have the power to save us. But the resurrection did happen. He defeated sin and death. I'll put faith in Jesus because of everything he said, everything he did, because he's a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. And in moments where I'm tempted to give up on that, I want to tell you, I go back to these memorial stones and I look at everything that God has promised and he's never gone back on it. So I want to challenge you. Have those places where you can have those, those things that remind you of what God did, whether that's a journal or notes in your Bible or something like that. And that will help in those moments where you experience all that doubt, all that fear, all that like, I don't know, I don't remember. You go back to those moments, you're like, oh, yeah, right? I, I got to see God do something amazing. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we all have questions. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just give us the the wherewithal to stay in, in uh, community, to be able to ask those questions, to always, for the rest of our life, ask those questions, but to stay anchored to the resurrection of Jesus, to stay anchored to the cross, to stay anchored to the word of God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to have the grace to grow together as we ask these hard questions and as we grow together. In your name we pray, amen.